0: Hey, good morning, church. Great to be with you today. Um, My name is Jonathan Galvan. For those of you uh, who do not know me, and I get to serve as a pastor of corporate worship, um, today is actually Pastor Jason's birthday. So, um, man, send him a text, send him a note. He is probably somewhere in the mountains of Colorado hunting. And so... uh, Getting some time off. Hey, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Psalm. We'll be looking at Psalm 77 this morning. Over the summer, we started a series titled Christianity 101. And we have been looking at various Christian doctrines and beliefs. And this morning, we want to look at the topic of walking through suffering. The Christian worldview teaches that when God created the world, it was good. That's how he described it. It was a place that was without sin. It was a place that was without death. It was a place without suffering. But in Genesis 3, Right at the beginning, we see what we call the fall of man, where Adam and Eve choose to disobey God and to choose to go their own way. And it is at that moment that creation is fractured. A place that was once perfect and good without sin or death Is now been corrupted. Immediately when Adam and Eve disobey, they become alienated from God. Their relationship changes. It even impacts the way that they saw themselves. Their first emotion they feel is shame, embarrassed. It impacts the relationship that they had with each other because they realize that they were naked. So they clothed themselves but even impacted their relationship with creation. And the reality for us, church, is that suffering is inevitable in this life. You can't get away from it. It's a part of the human experience. One of the things that a pastor feels is the responsibility to prepare the church for seasons and days of suffering. Because, you know, in the moment that you're at the hospital is not the time to say, hey, go check out this great sermon on suffering. It's just, that, that's not the moment to do it but it's to prepare you to think biblically on how to suffer because it is inevitable. Growing up, I was taught to pray as a little boy. The acronym ACTS, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Who, who, Raise your hand if you grew up learning that, a few of us here. But how are we to pray in the middle of a season of suffering? How are we to pray when we are experiencing the most sorrow that we have ever experienced? In moments when we feel alone, in moments when we feel like maybe God has let us down? Because the reality is, is that the, the Christian life is not all happiness. The psalmist says, Psalm thirty four nineteen, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Paul is encouraging A group of new believers in the book of Acts, Acts 14, and he tells them through many afflictions, tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. The psalm that I want us to consider this morning is a psalm of pain, it is a psalm of sorrow. It is called a psalm of lament. A lament is a prayer to God amidst deep sorrow. See, this is not a psalm that sounds like, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Enter his courts with thanksgiving and gladness. It doesn't sound like that. A psalm of lament are psalms that are in a minor key. A psalm of lament sounds like this, and I wonder how many of you can resonate with these statements. Psalm 10, verse 1. Why, O Lord... Do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalms of lament sound like Psalm 13 verse one. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Psalms of lament sound like Psalm 22, verse one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, Psalms of lament are incredibly helpful to us, church, because they remind us that we are not the only ones who have felt this way, in moments of despair, in moments of sorrow, in moments where we feel maybe like we've been abandoned by God, or maybe that God has forgotten us, or confused at how God could allow something like this to happen. But Psalms of Lament are so crucial for us, church, because they also teach us how we are to live this Christian life. As we walk through struggles and suffering of numerous kinds, Psalms of Lament become a guide for us. Let's look at our text for this morning Psalm 77. If you're there, say, I'm ready. Beginning at verse 1, let's enter the scene. I cry aloud to God. Aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearing. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he, in anger, shut up his compassion? I want us to try our best this morning to place ourselves in the shoes of this psalmist. One is to try to relate to him, to feel what he is feeling. What do we observe about the situation he is in? We don't know the details of what exactly is happening, but we clearly see how he feels about the situation. Verse 1, it shows us that he is crying aloud to God. He is in a place of despair. He is in a place of sorrow. He says in verse 2, he describes the moment as in the days of my, what's that there? Trouble. He says in verse 4, I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Have you ever been in a situation like that? A situation, a season, a moment that brought you to a place of despair. a place of weeping and crying, a place of hopelessness, a place of loss. Does that resonate with anybody? Can you remember the moment? Can you remember what caused it? Do you remember how it felt? Maybe you're in that moment now Maybe you just want to give up. God, why? How could you do this? How could this happen? This is the situation that the psalmist is in. And church, Psalm 77 is here to teach us how to pray. Amidst our suffering. How do we respond in moments of trouble and sorrow? I imagine that for many, if you're anything like me, in moments of trouble or hardship, we quickly take matters into our own hands. Can anybody relate to that? How can I fix this? Have you ever said that? A couple honest people here. We look to our own resources. We run to our own securities, these earthly securities that we think will save us or help us to try to make the situation right. Some years ago, I was listening to the morning news. I'm eating my breakfast. And I hear, up next, the next segment is finding peace. My ears, you know, perked up. They found it. Finding peace. Man, let me hear about the gospel. Tell me about this Christ. Christ. But NBC News was not gonna tell me about that. <laughs> this famous actress maybe had just written a book or something, finding peace. And, and listen, I, I remember listening to what she said, and here these are her, her statements. She said, I have found peace looking in myself. <laughs> I said, huh, interesting. Then she said this, this was the best one. She said this, I have the power to heal my brokenness. I thought, what what a bunch of junk that is. What a bunch of garbage, because the Bible actually teaches something completely opposite. You have what it takes to change yourself, to fix yourself, The Bible teaches, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Finding peace can only come from the Prince of Peace, who is Christ, who can bring peace in troubled times. So what does a psalmist do in the day of trouble Look at verse 2 of chapter 77. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. There are endless areas and places to run in the day of trouble to try to find comfort, to try to fix your situation. But the psalmist says, In the day of my trouble, I run to the Lord. Help me, Father. I don't know what to do. The psalmist does not look to himself or to his own resources, but he he turns to God. Look at verse 2 again. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearing. You see what he's doing? These are sleepless nights that he's facing. Because of his trouble that he's experiencing. When most people are sleeping through the night, his prayer is happening. Oh God, would you intervene? Oh God, I'm looking to you, would you help me? Would you sustain me? Church, days of trouble must be days of prayer where we are seeking after God. And the reality is that in days of trouble, we can begin to feel like God has abandoned us. Maybe we could feel like God has forgotten us. But Psalm 77, it reminds us of something so amazing. Something that's so profound is that our God is a God who hears us. Look at verse one. The psalmist says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. Isn't that such great news? What a comfort that is to the church. That he is not just some God that is far away and completely disconnected from what you are going, but that he is attentive to your cries for help. The story of Hagar has always made an impression on me. Hagar was the slave, of the wife of Abraham. And at that time, in that context, as a slave, she had no rights. She was considered property. She was a commodity. And God had promised Abraham that he would have a son. Through his wife, Sarah. But they were old in age. How could this be? And time would go on, and that baby would never come. And so Sarah told Abraham, hey, listen, this baby's not showing up. God has promised that we were going to have a baby. It's not come. But why don't you take my servant, Hagar, That maybe through her, you could have this child. Can't see anything wrong going with that, huh? Abraham's like, sure, I'll take one for the team. And so sure enough, Hagar becomes pregnant. The Bible says in Genesis 16 that Once Hagar found out that she was having Abraham's child, she began to look at her master, Sarah, with contempt. And that frustrated Sarah. She became angry with Abraham. Why have you done this? He's like, it was your idea. But Sarah begins to act harshly towards Hagar, so much so that Hagar runs away. I want to read this because I think it was, I was reading it this morning, so powerful. Just listen to this God and how he interacts with Hagar. This is Genesis 16, verse 7. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. And he said to her, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where had you come from and where are you going? And she said, I'm fleeing for my mistress, Sarah. And the angel encouraged her to return to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel of the Lord said to her that he has heard her. And it says that he has listened to your affliction. In verse 13 of Genesis 16, she says, So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. This person that has no rights, treated as a commodity, there was a God in heaven who was attentive to her. Who was seeing her? Our God hears us. See, I imagine that in this room today, there are some here that you are in the day of trouble. I imagine that maybe that you 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 feel that maybe God has abandoned you, or you don't, you're wrestling with why He is allowed. What he has allowed. And I just want to encourage you from God's word that God hears you. He sees your tears, He sees your pain. Be assured when you cry aloud to Him, He will hear you. He sees you, He sees the trouble. The psalmist tells us, Psalm 34, 18, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He is uniquely near to those who are in suffering, and he saves the crushed in spirit. What do you do in the day of trouble? The psalmist is teaching us in the moments of sorrow and suffering. Turn to God. Seek him. The second lesson that Psalm 77 teaches is to bring your complaints. Look at verse 3 of chapter 77 of Psalm. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. What is happening here? There seems to be a bit of frustration with God. When I, the thought of God makes me somewhat frustrated. It almost sounds like, God, how could you? How could you do this? He is puzzled. Have you ever been there? Why, God? They didn't deserve that. Turn with me quickly just to Psalm 88. Flip over a few pages to the right. Look at Psalm 88. I always like to hear pages turn, man. Nobody, huh? Got got a couple people. Thank you, guys. In the front, I heard you. Psalm 88. Listen to this. Six and nine. Listen to this honesty. This is a psalm of lament. The psalmist says, You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Psalm 88, verse 7 your wrath lies heavy upon me and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Verse eight, you have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a whore to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eyes grows dim through sorrow. Do you hear the honesty in that? And the psalmist in Psalm 77, it sounds, there's a similar tone. He is clearly dealing with doubt. He's in inner turmoil. Back at Psalm 77, verse 7, listen to what he says. Will the Lord reject forever and never again be favorable? Verse 8 of chapter 77, has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Verse 9, has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? God, I'm wrestling. I'm questioning what you are doing. He's bringing his complaints before the Lord. He's being honest and transparent. And many times in Christian circles, we could be in the deepest moments of despair, but we act like we have it all together. We put on a face, right? Because we gotta look a certain way, we gotta act this way, don't we? At least we feel that way. You know, you're you're. It's Sunday morning, and the kids. It's a disaster. Your house is a disaster. And you're trying to get out the door, and you're yelling at your kids. You know, because they're not listening to you, and you're frustrated. Get in the car. You know, and you're don't, don't want to hear a word. You know, as you're driving to church, and then you show up to church, and it's like, "Good morning." They're like, "How are you?" I'm great. I've never been better. Is it? We're so blessed. You know. And you know, it was like World War III at your house just a few minutes earlier, right? But we have this temptation in Christian circles to act like everything is okay when it's actually not. And I think the psalm, Psalm 77, it teaches us something so valuable, church, that it's okay for us not to be Okay. And it's okay to be honest with God. To cry out to him and say, I'm I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated with you. It's okay to be upset and broken. Do you know that over one third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament? Wow. Because you're not the only one who has felt the way that you have felt. Psalm 77 teaches us, be honest with the Father. Bring your complaints. Bring your sorrow. He wants to hear you. The final lesson that Psalm 77 teaches us in the day of sorrow is to fight to remember. Look at verse 10 and verse through 12 of chapter 77. Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. The psalmist is in a day of trouble, in despair. He's bringing out his complaints to God, and then he is trying to look back and remember who his God is. He's trying to remember I can I can look back and I remember your faithfulness. And he begins in verse 13 and 14, he's reminding himself of who his God is. Your way O God is holy. What God is great like our God. Verse 14, you are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the people. He's he's reminding himself there's actually no one like our God. And he's trying to remember and what he does is he begins to reflect on one of the greatest acts of redemption in the life of the people of Israel. Look at verse 16. Psalm 77. When the water saw you, O God, when the water saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep Trembled The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea. Your path through the great waters. Your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. What does that sound like? Sounds like the Exodus. The people of Israel had been enslaved to Egypt for 400 years. And the people of God began to cry out, deliver us, God. Deliver us from the slavery that we are in. And God, in his grace, he sends them a redeemer. He sends them Moses to advocate for them. And God displays his power and his might to the people of Egypt. And he crushes them with these plagues. And finally, Pharaoh had had enough And he said, fine, you could take your people. And so the people of Israel began to go free. And God would guide them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And he led them to the Red Sea. And somewhere along the way, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh said, you know what, what have I done? He begins, gathers his army, begins to pursue them, and there the people of Israel are at the the shore of the Red Sea, and they begin to hear, oh no, Pharaoh and his army are coming for us, and they begin to tell Moses, why did you bring us out here? Was it because there were no graves in Egypt? and Pharaoh's army is on his way, and the people of God are afraid because the enemy is coming, and yet what they did not know is God was doing something that they couldn't see. In the moment of their trouble, you see it in verse 19, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. God was doing something. And then they see Moses walking into the shore of the Red Sea. I can imagine some guys being like, what is this guy doing? Going out to play in the water when Pharaoh and his army are coming. And then God does a miraculous. He parts the Red Sea. The Bible says that the people of Israel, they walked on dry ground. He delivered them from their enemy. But not only that is once all the people of Israel had come through, Pharaoh and his army arrogantly pursue them, and then God has the water swallow them, destroys them all. And the psalmist, in the middle of his trouble, in the middle of his sorrow, he is fighting to remember. God was faithful to us then. He will be faithful to us tomorrow. Do you remember when God delivered you? Can you think back to a moment of your day of sorrow and trouble? Do you remember God's faithfulness? Then church, I could go on. I could just think of moments. I won't even talk about them because I'll just start crying up here. I could think of, of those moments of trouble and despair. Where I cried aloud to God. And Psalm 77 was such a comfort. Because Jonathan, Your God is not far away, but he hears you. Jonathan, remember. Do you remember seeing God's hand in your family's life? Do you remember his faithfulness because he was faithful then? He'll be faithful with you again. Church, please listen to this. History is a great comfort to the saints to look back and say he was faithful with me then, he'll be faithful with me again. Growing growing up, my father would be around the table And he would begin to tell us stories. So I want to tell you the story. Because I don't want you to forget how God delivered your family. I want you to listen to this story, kids, because I want you to tell your kids when God was faithful to our family. Because we are forgetful people. In the midst of trouble, we must fight to remember. He was faithful then, he will be faithful again. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, what a comfort your word is that you are not a God who is far away. you are near near to the brokenhearted you hear us and lord thank you for passages like psalm 77 that provide a helpful guide for us that remind us that in the day of trouble to to seek to seek after you lord that give us permission to be honest with you, to bring our complaints. And remind us to fight to remember, Lord. We thank you for your word. We're praying you would encourage your people today. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. His people said, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Church. If you want to connect with us at Redeemer, we would love for you to visit us at a service in person or visit us online at www.redeemermidland.org.